Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Homo Sapiens listeners. I'm just jumping on here. Did you hear me jump? To tell you that we have exciting news. If you want to listen to Homo Sapiens without the ads, now you can. You can subscribe to Homo Sapiens Plus on Apple Podcasts and all future episodes will be ad-free. How do you sign up? Well, go inside your Apple Podcasts app. Go to our Homo Sapiens homepage and the option to subscribe to Homo Sapiens Plus for £1.49 a month is there. There's also BT Dubs, a seven-day free trial available, so you can try before you buy, which is my favourite. I like to do that in the supermarket whenever they've got a little snack being handed out. Anyway, I digress. Hello, welcome to part two. If you haven't heard part one, it's on the feed. Here's part two. But your dad taught you a lot about how to be yourself, didn't he? You know, he was very straight-talking, very, you know... Yeah, well, didn't, you know, strove to not worry about what other people thought, mm. which, of course, is the suburban uh, mantra, <laughs> is to worry about what other people think. Well, yeah, I was going to say, isn't that, isn't that the opposite? Yeah, But at the same time, he did worry about what people thought, and he believed very strongly in, like, being polite and mm. being respectful of people and don't make a noise. Mm. But at the same time, if we were out and he was ready to go home, he'd go, right, I'm going now, I'm bored now. Which feels so appalling to... Uh, kind of oh I'm sorry could I maybe I think it's time but it's it's such a more direct way of living that I I I realised that was a great bit of learning because otherwise you do live like oh sorry do you think you might end up becoming like that yes more and more and I find myself doing it more and more and actually funny much that it just occurred to me I think more of my stage persona is much more him than I realised I always assumed I got all my comedic things from my mum who's always been such a big fan of comedy Mm -hmm. And I have, but at the same time, the sort of directness that I sometimes show people of like, what are you talking about? What? No, come on, quickly. That was much more my dad. Because that's sort of, there is a part of humankind that is just quite abrupt like that, but they don't mean it. Yes. I think I used to like things I found annoying about my dad in a loving way. Like I loved my dad and he was an amazing person. Of course, yes. um, caveat, caveat, caveat. <laughs> um, I found most annoying about him. I actually see myself doing from the outside. Like, I do this thing where I double tap the table, and he used to do that, and he used to try me fucking mad. <laughs> what, to prove a point or to get attention? Yeah, I can't even tell you when or why I do it, but I just, I'm like halfway through doing it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's sort of like um, moving the subject on. Okay. And I think that, so you, fi- you find yourself as you reach 40, reach 40, I'm at 40, you are slowly transmogrifying into them. Yeah, and you can't help it. No. I know it's the cliche, you're like, oh, I'm not going to be like my parents, but we all are. Are you like your mother as well, though? Uh, yes, to an extent, yes. Like timekeeping and... Um, your timekeeping is terrible. Yes. I'm really surprised by that. Well, it's not completely terrible. Um, I wasn't late today. I was very early today. No, I know, but you said it, not me. Yes, I that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was on time today, okay? Don't ever go at me about the thing I just... 
it. <laughs> yes, I can. No, sometimes I can be. Uh, Why but, is that anxiety? Maybe actually is that is that possible? We're I feel like I lay I lay a lot of the beat. <laughs> well, of course I'm anxious. Of course. Literally, I've got to go on eight Tom's holidays. Nearly a year. got whiplash from when I said anxiety. <laughs> the shock on his face that we'd finally found the answer. <laughs> I well, I think a lot of anxious people take it forever to leave the house. Yes, I think I'm a, a whiplash again. He's just done it. <laughs> if only you could see. If only I'd warmed up. Um, <laughs> the. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, yes, yes, that's true. I do do that. And also, again, talking about the moving of time, mm-hmm. I look at the clock and go, right, I've got to leave it at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's 9.50 now. In my mind, I think it's 9.50 for as long as I want it to be. <laughs> so I don't... Really? Compute. that Obviously, 9.50 was just the m- moment. Yes. When I glanced at the clock. Wow. But it's moved on. It's always moving on. Yes. And I suppose I'm trying to deny that a lot of the time. Well, I used to be a bit like that. And then my sister, I think my sister had a word with me. This is kind of about being messy, but it was also timekeeping. She sat me down. She was like, because we lived together, she was like, you are ruining my life. You're ruining my life. You are so messy. Really? And it's got to stop. And I was like, it's really weird because often people say you shouldn't say things like that. You know, you have to say it in a certain way. Hmm. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Directness is very charming. Yeah. It is very charming. Everybody knows where they stand then. Whereas I think it's very easy, or what I found myself doing, is drowning in a vortex of like, oh, what if I say this? Will they think that? Will they think this? And I, if, I think if I was more like, I'm doing this now. Mm. Do you want to do this or not? No, I don't want to go there. I think it would be so freeing. So it makes you feel safe even hearing it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I feel better just imagining it. But, but your dad sort of helped with you finding your, what you wanted to say on stage. Is that right? There was something in... I think the tone of it and also the kind of... He, he would get very frustrated by things in the world, particularly when people didn't seem to care about things or about people. He would find that very frustrating and, and, and would get very angry. And I suppose I sometimes channel that, that sort of anger, that sort of impatience. I find quite a useful energy mm. for stand-up. Because it's a more direct kind of energy, isn't it? It's sort of, it's got a point to it. And you took him to the Admiral Duncan, is that right? I took him to, it wasn't the well... Oh, you were talking about, you took him to a pub that was, seemed like it was, was full of builders, and I was I, like, oh, it must have been the Admiral Duncan. I was in town with a friend, and he was in town for a meeting, and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm running late, I'll be with you. He said, it's all right, I'm just in a pub, it's fine, I've got myself a drink, I'm all good. And I walked in to this, it was one of the... I don't know what it's called, actually. He's clutching a bottle of poppers. He was. It's called... <laughs> G-A-Y, I think it was called. It was a pub. No, it, was it was an round, anagram or something. Anagram or something. <laughs> um, no, it was sort of round the back of uh, Oxford Street, like up that sort of near Carnaby Street sort of side of Soho. That okay, kind of yeah. west of Wardour Street. Mm-hmm. An old pub there that I think had been... I can't remember what it was called. I walked in there. It was obviously a gay bar right. in that... They were playing, like, Christina Aguilera on the screens. <laughs> yeah. They've got... Condoms on the counter. There's condoms everywhere. And um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, you know, you know, some QX magazines on the windowsill. Yeah. A lot, but all blokes sort of sat around quietly having a drink. Mm. And my dad, I was like, are you all right, Dad? He's like, yeah, it's a nice pub, this, nice pub, yeah. It's a proper man's pub, this, isn't it? And I was like, it's true, it is, it is. <laughs> Looking like at the rainbow flag above the mantelpiece. Um, but... I, he just had no concept that it was a gay bar, but I think for that generation, just didn't really think like that. Well, the, you know, they are they are quite similar. Like, there's a lot of plaid shirts, yeah, a lot of uh, people on their own, a yeah. lot of vests, jeans. It, it's 
really kind of weirdly scuzzy, which is yeah. a bit odd. Well, they are quite scuzzy, actually, a lot of the time. I do love that. I've never been to the Admiral Duncan, which is the Soho Institution. It's very nice. Really? Nice atmosphere whenever I've been in there. I always mean to go and then never never have been. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you were talking about QX magazine there. So you used to go up in Soho and go to gay bars on your own, is that right? Yeah, for most of my life. I, I think it's great. I was too scared. Well, I didn't know what to do. Mm. Like, I didn't know what I was doing as a gay. Mm. And I, again, had this idea that, like, other gays were, like, going out and meeting people, going on dates, going to parties, and then getting sort of jobs at magazines or something, <laughs> yeah. and going to Milan, <laughs> and having these kind of extraordinary adventures. And I was like, only I could be good at all these things. Yeah. And so I'd go to gay bars on my own thinking I'd meet someone. But of course, gay bars these days are often very loud. Yeah, people go out with their friends, so they aren't. They don't want to talk to you, mm. weirdo, on your own mm. because they've got their friends. Yes, and and so, but I think I was referencing a time back in the day when people would go on their own, and other people would go on their own, and they'd meet each other. I guess I don't yes, know. Yes, absolutely. Because that you didn't tell other people you were gay as well. Like it was all a bit secretive, I suppose. No, and also like you haven't got if you haven't got a gay mate, how else are you going to do it? Well, that was the thing I found was that. I did have gay friends, but they might be in relationships or it felt a bit like if I want to go out and like meet someone to go on a date with, it felt a bit rude to be like, oh, do you want to come out and I'll ignore you while I try and talk to someone else? You yeah. know, straight, and straight friends were like, well, why would we go there? We don't want to do that. Yeah. So I remember saying to you last time we spoke that I used to make them come with me for a drink, a straight friend. And, oh, then, yeah. I, and then they'd leave and I'd just be like, well, I'm going to stay. And I'd pretend to people in the bar that I had my <laughs> friends still there. <laughs> That's exactly the sort of thing I would do. Like trying to like create this like mystique. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, the hey. internal monologue I would be telling myself of like lies. Of, like, yeah, I'm just gonna look over there. Hi. Yeah. yeah. Like nodding my head along to the music. Like, yeah, I'm cool here. I once was trying, I think I've told this on the podcast before, so apologies, but I was once trying to get off with somebody and I... You did better than I did. They were not into it, but I was walking with them through a dance floor. I was in front, they were walking behind me. And I just kept waving at people I saw in the crowd. That's so that impressive. People would be like, hi, and speak to me. And I was like, he's going to think everyone wants to get off with me. So then he will get off with me. Did it work? No. <laughs> it came down to quite a sort of st- stern conversation of him being like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not even trying to get off with you. Oh, oh God. But then again, like, we don't have those that training to know about, like... Yeah. How do we talk to people? How do we flirt with people? It's very, like, there's not, like, other people get to do it when they're teenagers, maybe. Yeah, I think everyone's as calamitously bad. Yeah, probably. But but you went to a sauna on your own. Well, I was, I was always, again, fascinated by this, like, idea that there was this seam of gay people and gay life that I just needed to tap into, and then my life would be, it would all make sense, everything would be fine. And I would always be, like, in... And just fascinated by gay saunas whenever I went past them. Because, of course, you know, there's the cultural side of being gay. There's the style side of being gay. Yeah. But it is essentially a sexuality. And I had no I had no idea how to meet people. And I was like, well, if only I was in a relationship, then I, I would be fulfilled in every way. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't get into a relationship. I'd seen these things called gay saunas. I was like, I've got, this is clearly what I've got to do. I've got to get on with this. And someone who I'd, had like an early relationship with had said how they'd been to one and then when that had broken up very quickly it, I was like oh god he's so much better than me he's so much braver than me he goes oh. to saunas and isn't scared of them and I was like I've got to be able to do this and went in and of course they're not 
like so many things in life, they're not what you've created in your mind. No. There's nothing wrong with them at all. There's, there's something quite open about them, which is a very positive thing. But I was very scared. And I was trying, and it was at a time when I wasn't at all confident. There is nothing wrong with them, but we built them up. I was the same. Like you built them up to be this place that was what you were lacking in your mind, which is a place of inhibitionless sex yes, with exactly confidence that. and freedom. And, and actually, they're a few people standing around eating a Kit Kat and someone, you can hear someone being wanked off. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, you could get at any service station. But the, um... <laughs> Honestly, the Esso on the A43. And they do you a wild bean cafe and, and coffee. You, and you get a lovely BLT. Um, <laughs> the, um... <laughs> no, but you're, you hit Ooh, a bit of Velcro the there. Velcro. Velcro, thank For you. For clarity, that was Velcro. The, uh, please. <laughs> this reading nook is not built for that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, I was so fascinated by them. I was like convinced I had to go in. And it was totally mm. different to what I thought it would be. But um, you were very brave because you went you went into the changing room and then you went out and you wandered all around the rooms where they were having room, sex on then, your own. I walked around my own and there were, I think I had some sort of noises, but um, in truth, there was no one there. Right. Because this was a time as well when like, it was very much online and in, in, I don't know, everywhere you looked, it seemed like gay representation was about being like really macho. Yes. So... Someone like me who can, you know, have a long discussion about the works of Noel Coward or anything, really. Um, that was not part of what people were celebrating at that time. So I felt very much like I had to hide myself and pretend to be something else. In doing so, I was trying to walk it even in a sort of, like, what can anybody describe as butch way, but really wasn't very butch. And, like, so young and insecure, didn't know what I was doing walked past some bloke standing there and slipped on some lube that was on the floor. And um, <laughs> and then, cause, and you just got a towel on. That's what you're given to wear. You just have to wear a towel. So you went flying. So I sort of went flying, managed to grab the towel and then saw the man laughing. And I was like, oh, well, that's, you know, like at least there's a moment of connection there. Yes. But also like try to talk to somebody in the cafe area <laughs> where the Kit Kats are. I was talking to this man, it turned out he was French. And I was like, oh, est-ce que vous avez un bon nuit? And he's like, what are you trying to say? And I was like, I, I said, are you, are you having a nice evening? And he was like, oh, you used vous. He said, we're both wearing towels in a gay sauna. I don't think you need to use the formal vous. You could just say two. And I was like, great, well, I'm learning. Learning a bit more about French. <laughs> Nothing else. But it was just like so kind of... Dressful, though. 
It was so stressful, and I felt like I couldn't really talk about it, and couldn't really, there was no one I could tell about it, and then... How are you supposed to initiate sex in a sauna, then? I don't know, I didn't. Right. So I was too was scared, yeah. yeah. I guess probably a lot of eye, eye movement, I imagine. You've never done the I eye guess. movement thing to anybody? Well, I, I don't know, well, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of conversation... No, but a lot of Kit Kat, but a lot of Kit Kat. But it was, but it felt like a rite of passage, and I felt like I wanted to write about it because I thought, well, probably, or maybe other young queer people or old queer people have had this experience of feeling like totally on your own. Like you feel like in those moments, you you are away from home, you're away from the people you know, you're away from family and friends. It felt very isolating, and I was like, but I have to try this. I have to have this experience. Yeah, good on you. Um, and it felt it felt quite very frightening for that, but for no reason other than my own. Yeah. Okay. No, but I think the, the the irony is everybody in there is feeling like that. Yeah, exactly. Or there's the old pros. Yeah, some people very experienced in life. You then talked about this quite poignant moment where you then got back into the car afterwards with your dad. <laughs> your dad was waiting outside. <laughs> he was. He picked me up at the station. Picked me up at the station. Yeah. But you said, <laughs> you know, how are you doing? And it was some. It was a nice exchange between the two of you, in which there was no way you would have told your dad what you just did. And it's it reminded me of how you do have this sort of wall of glass between you yes. and your parents if you're yes. queer. I, I think you have a wall. It's a universal. Universal thing. But I, th- I think perhaps sometimes more heightened if you are queer. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, he would probably be like, what the fuck? I mean, if I told my mother half the stuff, if she chose to listen to this podcast, <laughs> she would be like, what the hell <laughs> seriously but i think a lot of the time yeah as as a queer person we do feel like we are going out a limb making new friends you meet in a bar and then you know hanging out with them and you're like well who are you know like mm. to our parents be like who are these people why are yeah, you friends yeah, with them yeah, yeah. or not that i had any terrible friends really but well you've got um, a few i've met them oh that's true <laughs> but it took me a long time to realize actually you don't need to, it doesn't need to be so divided. I think for yeah. a long time I thought there's my home life, my family, what my parents think I am. And then there's this kind of extra me. Yes. Who goes out looking to try and find a partner, fails, or, you know, maybe meet somebody for a date. And, and I could never tell them about that because I can never be like, I'm going on a date. Oh, what's, what's his name? It wasn't, wasn't like that. So... And would you mix them all now if it was your birthday? Would you yes. have your mum down and yeah. big gay friends? And yeah, right. and it's absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. But I never had the confidence to make that mix back then. And I always felt like, oh God, am I letting them down by... I suppose it's that thing, really, of like, I was so scared I was letting them down by being right. this queer, mm. creative type who didn't seem to have a job, was going up and down the country doing stand-up gigs, but wasn't really sort of embracing himself, even like when I was doing stand-up as well. I wasn't kind of like... I, I wasn't filling out the balloon of my personality. It was quite saggy. But, um, <laughs> but you, but that changed, right? And that changed, yeah. I think it changed when I turned 30. How did you meet your boyfriend? We met at a work thing, actually, mm-hmm. years before. Mm-hmm. And um, we kept in touch because we lived around the corner. Shut up. Yeah. And how did we keep in touch, I wonder, when he lived around the corner? Um, and I didn't have his contact details. Anyway, <laughs> um, the... <laughs> <laughs> and so it was very um like we'd sort of you know been seeing each other yeah. and then um it was after the pandemic yeah i was like because for those of us who were single during the pandemic it was a very very lonely time 
you could you could maybe go on dates online, or you could sit in the park and have a picnic. <laughs> I didn't. You could have a <laughs> sit in the park, have a Kit Kat, have a Kit Kat. Um, yes, as many fingers as you like. So, what I was going to say as well, actually, like we're the same age, but in all those times, well, I'm maybe a year younger, sure. Um, but you wouldn't point it out. But I would never bring that up. <coughs> exactly. So I would never like to let people know about that. Mm. But. How strange that we never met until our, like, later 30s. So weird. And I think that's the other thing I realised, like, looking back, whenever I look back on my younger days, mm. is that I felt so isolated and so lonely and, like, I'd never meet any other people I could connect with. Mm. And then as I've got... The wonder of getting older is that I'm much more relaxed with myself mm-hmm. and, therefore, I'm much more relaxed meeting other people, mm. meeting interesting people like yourself oh, and just okay. having a lovely old chat, whereas... 10, 15 years ago, I was like, oh, God, I'm all wrong. I've got everything wrong. I've got to change. Yeah, well, t- two things spring to mind. It's funny you say that, because I thought that when you were talking about going up into Soho on your own and mm. in the bars with the magazines, QX magazine, all that shit, I was like, fucking hell, we like we could have done that together. Because I was, I, mean, t- I was just too scared I wasn't doing it, unless I went with my friend Andy. It's great that things have changed, but we do. It's even hard to remember how weird it was. It was not. Like, it was not a thing. You wouldn't do it. At our age, particularly, we would have been 18. Do you know what I mean? What, you wouldn't do? Go up on your own, do something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Whereas now, you'd have 4,000 people you follow on Instagram who are just like you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a wonderful thing of social media. One of the good one of the good things about one it. One of the good things. And also, when you went on things like Gaydar back then, oh. people weren't very personable. It was very sex, and it was very... And it oh, made it you terrifying. think, I must be that. Yes, it was quite that's weird. exactly what happened with me, I think. Mm. Was that I was like, I'd like to have a nice, meaningful relationship with someone um, who I have things in common with. Wouldn't that be great? And instead, the only portals to meeting those people were very, like, abrasive people who were like, not into time wasters. Stop. I was just sharing my feelings. I was just actually seeing if you read the new Margaret Atwood. And... Um, <laughs> Block. Block. They were like, block, block, block. And it would be so, like, physical, or they'd just have a picture of their knob. Or, like, Grinder. I thought, was nicer when it first came out because it was like, mm. you meet people in your neighbourhood, didn't neighbourhood gays. First, it was wonderful to meet people locally and to know that you weren't the only gay in the village. You know, yes. you weren't the only person. And, and so, but, but yeah, it was very, it was very... I felt very much like I wasn't right and they were right and I should be more like them. Everyone could be who they want. Well, and exactly, yeah. I suppose that's story. It, yeah. Like, do you remember the sound? Brr. Oh, so exciting. (gasps) (laughs) It was like a batch. And you're like, oh, God. That's your bum. That's your... (laughs) Um, Speaking of dick pics, so what are you doing next? Because you've got... um... I've got a photo shoot for The Observer. What did I say? I love Tom. I love, love chatting with him. Um, get his book. It's great. I read it and I loved it. Now, next week is Trans Awareness Week and I'll be speaking to the brilliant Dr. Ronks, who is a trans non-binary NHS doctor as well as TV host and youth activist. I love Ronks. Ronks is so great on Instagram. We had such a great chat about so many fascinating things about transness, about working in the NHS. It's a really beautiful chat so have a listen to that that's coming out next week get in touch in the meantime stay connected at homo sapiens on instagram or email your comments your questions and remember your agony uncles they're always anonymous it's hello at homo sapiens podcast.com love you all this has been wonderful 
Right, I need to go and find my passport, don't I? Bye for now! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Powered by Spirit Studios.